Welcome to Sustainability Scores, the podcast for research analyst who wants to unlock insights from corporate sustainability data. I'm your host Vikram Shetty. Today I am joined by my guest Mabinti to talk about gender data in impact investing. Mabinti, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vikram. It's truly an honor to be on the show and talk about uh, gender data and its importance to the space of impact investing as well as impact measurement and management. Uh, for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, would you like to share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, it's a pleasure. I operate and founded a company called Live Africa, which stands for Legacy Impact Venture Enterprises Africa. Uh, we are founded in Nairobi, Kenya, and operate from Nairobi in New York. Uh, we are a team of five, and we focus on impact measurement and management, adding the cultural context, uh, different perspectives from what we are experiencing and seeing across Sub-Saharan Africa, and also highlighting the importance of uh, gender equity and across sectors that we do analysis in. We also work to drive more capital to African women-led businesses, which is really important to us across multiple sectors and countries. And it's truly an honor to really share more about its importance, uh, even more so today as we uh, look towards uh, global convenings on the issues of climate change with COP27 coming up, as well as it aligns uh, to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, yes, very well put in that point. And uh, I would just start with investment trends in gender smart investing. So what, what are the trends that you have seen? I think there's more uh, interest in conversations around gender smart investing, more education around how commercial investors, how institutional investors and impact investors can include gender as a factor and how they deploy capital. Being thoughtful about uh, gender inclusion. Uh, and when we think about women and leadership, women as entrepreneurs, uh, women as community stakeholders, women as consumers. So looking at how women are uh, show up across the value chain, where does it look like in terms of investment teams? Are, do we have gender diverse teams? Is there is it equitable? And in terms of the way we allocate capital, what are the tools and resources that align with the needs of women entrepreneurs? And also uh, bringing more funding towards women-led funds. I think there is more conversation and more highlights and stories of women investors and fund managers or first-time fund managers, which is really important. And I think there are many pioneers in this space that are showcasing the power of women as fund managers and how we invest. Uh, and it's it's being more widespread. And I think uh, gender smart investing uh, is moving forward in many ways and and coming up as a requirement uh, now in many conversations, especially around investment mandates. So uh, it's an exciting time. Certainly more needs to be done in terms of diversifying uh, the type of fund managers who receive capital and entrepreneurs who receive capital. But I believe that there's a lot of volumes of research that is emerging and different case studies that we should be really looking closely at to study how to do this better. Right. Uh, so what are the missing gender data that you see that is stopping from this to happening? I think we need more data on sustainability around gender. So when we invest in companies, 
uh, and its gender balance team, what is the long-term impact? Are women staying in these roles long-term? Are we adjusting, uh, making adjustments, especially when we, we think about women who are mothers, who are working? Are we providing the ecosystem for them to continue to thrive, to be able to uh, be able to be in different roles, but also stay at companies that they seek to work in? Uh, are we supporting uh, women entrepreneurs uh, and providing longer term capital, not just short term capital? Uh, are we giving women entrepreneurs more runway to really perform and deliver? And so I think it's this conversation that still needs to be had in terms of the amount of capital that we deploy into uh, a woman-led business, and even for women fund managers. I think there, there's a, this emergence of new uh, initiatives that are dedicated to investing in first-time funds that are women-led. How can we do more of that? How can we optimize it? Uh, what does the data look like in terms of once you invest in a woman fund or a woman entrepreneur? Uh, I think there is more data that should be elevated to show what are the long-term um, impact or long-term effects. I think it's still fairly new. And so we're seeing people tracking that information. Um, for example, a project that our team is working on and we're proud to work with a fund called the HEVA Fund, H-E-V-A Fund, uh, supported with the help of the British Council is around working in uh, improving access to funding for the creative economy, the creative and cultural industries. And what does gender representation look like? How are we supporting and investing in uh, women-led teams and organizations that are dedicated to uh, improving and strengthening the creative economy? And then looking at other sectors that we don't typically look at, you know, oftentimes when we talk about impact investing or investing generally, we hear about tech and finance, but how about education and health, uh, the arts and other sectors? I think there certainly stands to be more information and data around uh, those other sectors that we typically don't hear or have conversations about when we think about investing. Uh, and I think it's, I think people are coming on board. Uh, there, there certainly could stand to be additional training and support for investors of different types and organizations that are seeking ways to improve on how they report on gender performance or gender equity. It's, it's necessary to track, you know, the outputs, but how can we move the needle further? Uh, just because you have X number of women at your organization doesn't necessarily mean that there's equity there. You know, it's looking at the whole ecosystem. So I think looking at the entire ecosystem, looking at the system that's supporting uh, gender, positive gender dynamics within workspaces and an investment space is necessary. I think when we think about gender, looking at diversity within that uh, category? Are we diverse in terms of the types of women that we are serving or investing in? Are we serving more women of color, for example, Black women, African, Asian women, women from the Black community? Uh, what does diversity look like? And then what is the, the duration in which they're staying in those different positions? Why are they leaving? What is retention? Um, how does investing in women ensure greater financial inclusion? How are they supporting their communities? Uh, and then what is 
the long-term impact and there are many benefits. And so it's also addressing uh, more data around gender bias. I think this is coming up in conversations and I think that uh, in itself is uh, important and making more investors and companies think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and I think we could we can certainly do more. And I think there are action steps that are being taken now to do that. Uh, and just making a space in various platforms so that we can hear these stories and elevate it before. Great. And I'll just pick where you left. So one of the actions whenever we come we speak about data is the selection of metric and a strategy, basically data strategy or something. So uh, you 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 have covered a little bit about it, but if you have to pick uh, maybe few of those metrics or few of those strategies while uh, working on it, so what would be your choice? Well, uh, I look at you know gender representation, which is kind of what most companies look at. Uh, where are women represented? Where are men represented? Where are people who have uh, are represented across uh, the organization? So are women and men, what does that proportion look like if we're looking at it from a binary perspective in terms of uh, senior leadership, decision makers? Um, it's looking at various levels and within an organization. It's, it's looking at where there's gender parity in terms of the consumer base. Uh, there is a the 2x challenge is uh, a resource online that kind of breaks down uh, gender representation. I think we have leaders, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, community stakeholders, really core categories that apply for institution that apply to institutional investors, but it's something that uh, is relevant for businesses as well as commercial investors. So those are, you know, some areas that I would I would look into. Uh, and then long-term impact in terms of uh, access to jobs and what is the longevity, what is the lifespan of a, a woman who is hired in an organization, particularly ones that are predominantly male, uh, tend to hire more males. If you look at tech, where there are more women coming into the workspace, but how long are they staying? Right. Uh, and then economic uh, impact. So those are areas that I tend to look at. I think what is a helpful resource is SOPAC Impact Cloud's tool that really brings in a bit of all the different tools and resources around measuring around gender. Um, we look at the SDGs, uh, SDG 5, uh, gender equality, uh, their gender, a series of gender metrics and KPIs around uh, SDG 8, uh, which is around economic development and decent jobs. Uh, and then you have other tools where it provides a suite of metrics uh, that I rely on, which is Iris Plus system. Uh, and having come from, you know, working at the GIN, the Global Impact Investing Network, uh, I think it's a helpful tool with a suite of resources that includes uh, the impact management project. And those are tools that help me identify what are the, the metrics that I need to apply when assessing clients' uh, level of gender equity and then looking at longer term impact. So I tend to really focus on representation and then financial inclusion and then how does this impact uh, different economies over time. 
Good. And I think that there are, there are a number of um, investors who, who tend to look at those areas uh, when identifying metrics that apply to various strategies around financial inclusion, gender parity, uh, equity, access. Right. So I was about to ask you about the tooling, which you already answered. I just yeah. want to ask you, are there any metric or a tool which you have found uh, is uh, kind of undered value or the impact of which, like if, if companies start doing that, the, the positive impact on uh, gender investment or gender smart investment will be much more than this because one of the common challenges is like if you have zero data then it can be a huge exercise to carry out all this which is a, a, a resource and a time and everything is is a, is a constraint but have you found any leverage or anything that is not spoken about much but if you do it it's easy to do it's very organic or it spreads across and then our company use of it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are multiple tools. Uh, it, you know, I, I think Iris Plus is a good starting point for a number of people who are seeking to begin their journey of assessing gender equity within either their organization or integrating it more in their reporting uh, around impact investing. Uh, another great tool uh, and resources, uh, IFC creates a number of documents around gender and empowerment. Uh, they created a guide, a, a guide to help uh, commercial investors or investors who are starting to educate themselves around being gender smart and provides kind of a uh, different stages and where they can start really looking at your organization, uh, really assessing your portfolio, where does uh, looking at, you know, gender, applying a gender lens, uh, where women represented in your portfolio, even looking at your investment teams, there's a lot of research that's coming out about it. There's um, the Gender Smart uh, Conference that provides tools and resources and examples from investors who, who've taken gender metrics to look at uh, how we can improve the, your due diligence questions when you uh, are assessing a potential investment opportunities. Uh, what does it look like? You, you essentially begin looking internally, you know, where uh, are some of the challenges in having those hard conversations, but it, the purpose is to really start the process, uh, identify a set of metrics, it may be how many women, uh, where they uh, represented across different levels within the organization, uh, how many of the companies that I invest in are women-led, uh, where some technical assistant resources that we can provide to help our investees. Uh, so it's really looking within and then beginning the process of identifying, you know, what is our goal? What, how do we want to shift from where we are and where do we see ourselves? It's, so it's a journey. And I think uh, beginning the process is the first step. And I, I know that for some, uh, you're afraid of beginning and don't know where to begin but there are many tools uh, that are available. Um, Calvert Impact Capital provides a great example of how to integrate gender and what metrics that they're using to assess their impact. Uh, 
and there there are many examples. Uh, I always go to to Kumbu Ishmael, who has a, a Alethea Capital as another example. There are groups like Women in African Investments and other groups that are aligned with them, advancing women in investing, that also provide examples, case studies, tools, and resources on how to begin. And of course, as I mentioned, IFC does a really great job of creating guides for commercial investors. Right. And there's a lot, lot of research. Um, Women World Banking has a set of uh, metrics and KPIs that I find useful. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, one, one way of aligning uh, the Women World Banking uh, metrics to that of Iris Plus in the years ago, which was a helpful tool to show how they align and then ultimately how they connect to the SDGs, specifically SDG 5 and SDG 8. Great. I think that was very useful for someone who just about to start. Uh, yeah. uh, for, for researchers who are either someone maybe from uh, your team or like investor researcher who are helping uh, them make decisions uh, and when they see when they view it from a gender lens what are the common goals they, that they might have or what would be their roadmap if you can uh, share it with the list i think common common goals are really in terms of increasing the number of women that they invest in uh, and this is could be across health and education uh, in the finance sector specifically, uh, there are many examples and many resources on how right. they can do that. Uh, we find that you know, more clients are looking at the SDGs as a starting point as well. So they're using the SDGs as a way of framing or having a conversation around the goals that they want to achieve. And sometimes it's across multiple SDGs like health and education, right. we find to be common in, in sustainable cities. Uh, and that can be a starting point. And from there, it's the conversation tends to go around, well, well, how do I really frame this in terms of a measurement point of view? Uh, and so this is where IRIS tends to come up um, a lot and the impact management project helps, you know, set a guide or a convention on how you can really measure your impact over time after you select your goals and you clearly identify what your goal is and then your strategy as well as the metrics that will help you assess performance over time. Uh, there are other organizations that also do this well. And so if researchers are looking for Great examples. I know the University of Oxford has a number of training programs and resources to guide new researchers around this. Uh, another one that I've recently heard about, and they've been around for a very long time, Social Value International is another organization that has a train the trainee uh, program and initiative that's really helpful. Uh, and there, there are others like, you know, 60 decibels, uh, for researchers who are looking to start the process of really assessing their, their impact. With Live Africa, we, we work with organizations who are starting the process for the very first time. Uh, some of which, some of these organizations or clients include researchers who are trying to assess, well, what metrics should I use? Mm. You know, is there a right way? I think there are multiple approaches you can take, but it also depends on what your impact goals are what your strategy is, uh, what resources you have available 
to do your impact measurement and management. It's iterative and over time. And so I think sometimes there's this fear of, uh, I don't want to mess this up. Or, you know, if I start this, is this the right way? I want to get uh, it right. Perfection. I want to get it. I want to get it right. It's perfect. But I think the key is really just starting the process. It's going to be iterative. Uh, and in that there are examples and case studies available on multiple pl platforms. And, right. and I, I think those could be helpful resources. I think generally um, what I've, I've, I've heard and, and have experienced with clients is they really want to assess uh, improvement and access to jobs for women. They use that as one of their primary goals. You know, what is the impact on their communities when we invest in a women, especially in agribusiness, you know, and then there, there, there's, you know, different other tools that can help researchers like gender scorecards uh, that have been shared as examples of resources that can help. And I think, I think as a, in the area of impact measurement and management, it has expanded. So there's so so there's so many uh, resources available online for researchers to tap into. I think a lot of investors are now uh, getting in on providing these services. But for those who are, who are starting or maybe are skeptical about the process, there are more training resources out there available for them to begin it. Right. Uh, as an observer, and I've been tracking, working with the researcher, I also found one uh, insight. I'm, I would like to know your opinion about <laughs> it also. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so, so the idea of the impact, the social impact or the overall impact, not only the social and everything. Uh, uh, there are many studies which has also seen, especially microfinance, yeah, the social enterprise. Like when we have more women as a leader or even from the consumer side in case of microfinance, uh, the impact on the society, the positive impact on the society, which are not measured directly as a, it's basically a second order effect of that whole investment has been far more better in terms of uh, the woman, uh, as you mentioned, agree. Uh, she often puts the money into the education of their children and then mm -hmm. uh, the whole society, the uh, the whole idea of uh, empowerment and uh, helping each other as a tribe of ent enterprising women, which they normally tend to be more collaborative rather than competitive. And so that's that helps each other. And it, it, the, there is a second order effect which has an impact and uh, I don't know if there is any like a, a scientific or a very surgical way to measure that, but that whole effect of it is also what we have uh, seen has uh, as an impact invest investors. They should also consider that also in, as a part of the. Uh, what would be your thought? Of I think so too. I think that you know there's certainly other effects that we don't always capture in our reporting. Uh, that we don't see uh, from yeah. the, the outset. Uh, it's, it's the unintentional effect, which can be both positive and negative. Uh, and I, I think that's you know a really important point that you raise that you may have the intention of measuring X, mm. and then you may find that there's a residual impact that's positive, that's generated. You know, if you invest in a company and then you exit. And that, and you follow that company after exit, you may see that there's even larger 
um, I guess, impact returns, if you will. And I think it's really important to, if when you're able to track beyond that period, uh, to continue tracking. It's not from this year to the exit year, or I, I think it's really important. And, and one of the things that we tell clients who are going on their impact assessment journey, when we do our, our trainings for companies and their teams is to, to, to continue. And sometimes even when you're doing surveying, uh, and I, I believe, you know, 60 decibels, uh, also takes this approach of, you know, asking that last question, that open-ended question, uh, and keeping it lean in your approach to gathering information. But when you ask that question, any other thoughts or however you decide to frame it, you may find that there are more insights that you weren't even aware of. That one question could illuminate so much. Uh, and it, it may be for a woman-led agribusiness, and you may find that you're actually helping other communities. helping other communities that weren't originally a part of your your targets, or wasn't originally a part of your goal. But you find that wow, they're actually doing this in this area. It's actually benefiting maybe another or related sector. Right. So I, I think it's important to you know be leaning your approach in, in terms of how you collect information and it's just asking those questions and really understanding the perspective of the people that you're serving uh, which is what i appreciate about you know the impact management project uh, five dimensions of impact you know when we talk about the who uh, that is where that comes into play who are we actually doing this for who are the, the people who will be most impacted and that includes the environment right uh, and so sometimes our who may just be this select population, but the who could be even beyond what we even conceived initially. All right. So, and I think that's the beauty of this practice. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we are coming to almost the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so last few questions here. So what is the role of technology or according to you in your space? Where do you, uh, find uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the technology space or uh, unused opportunity, if I may say. Uh, yeah. So what, what would be your answer? I think technology can be helpful. Uh, I certainly uh, rely on it a lot for data collection and resources. You have, you know, M-Survey, you have SOPAC Impact Cloud, uh, you have uh, other bespoke tools that uh, other impact practitioners are developing to ensure seamless collection of information. You have practitioners who have been doing it much longer and using more sophisticated technology. Uh, I think there is a benefit, there's a resource, it's a way of centralizing data, protecting information, and then being able to create really uh, well-designed dashboards to communicate uh, in a timely fashion your performance, the performance of an investment. Uh, I also, you know, believe that we shouldn't rely so heavily all the time on technology. Uh, sometimes it's important to tell that, to get that qualitative data to, you know, have people tell their stories. Um, that human connection also provides kind of a, a fullness of the impact narrative that we want to tell and the importance of data and that human connection that really surfaced some really meaningful and thoughtful insights as well. So 
Uh, I use, you know, technology and tracking performance. I found the use of the SOPAC Impact Cloud dashboard useful for multiple clients. Everything is, you know, streamlined. I can use it to access metrics, KPIs. I can use it to map to the five dimensions impact management project template. Uh, I find that it's a helpful resource to tell the narrative of the client, uh, to integrate interviews and conversations and to, in real time, showcase some of the survey results that we are able to do and able to, to design surveys using the platform. And so any technology that streamlines all the tools and resources needed for data collection is, uh, is uh, really valuable. Uh, but certainly I think the role of technology is really important, but also it's important to make sure we don't rely on so much that we forget the human connection that's needed right. in order to tell that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so nice to hear you uh, talking about yeah. The tool uh, definitely we i recently discovered the tool we uh, our client also yeah. uh, say uh, similar things about our tool which is a bit different yeah. but for different yeah. kind but i understand why that whole streamline is needed so that you as an expert can work more on insights and decision making rather than uh, juggling with uh, sometime uh, technology can be a friction so yeah. <laughs> the smoother it runs uh, the more farther you go and the more impact that you can. Yeah, it's it's user-friendly and just providing access directly to clients. So once right. we're able to format and design it and put the information, we send a link to our clients who have access to it. Uh, and it, it provides greater transparency uh, yes. in order to enable us to do our jobs. Great. So my last question to you is, currently who are pioneering in advancing and impacting? Wow, there's so many people. <laughs> um, there's so many people advancing impact investing. Uh, I, you know, I tend to to say anyone who has a gender smart approach and strategy are pioneering impact investing in the sense that they're providing greater access to capital to historically marginalized communities. I, I think anyone that's in this space that's investing in a way that's supporting people who otherwise would not be seen or otherwise would not, not have, have access. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of pioneering work coming across uh, the African continent, uh, coming across Asia. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities around doing impact investing well, uh, related to climate and gender. I think if you don't have a gender smart strategy, I think you're you're missing out and, and it should be integrated. It, it's a must. Uh, so I, you know, there's so many pioneers in this space. Uh, I'll call out one and I'll miss many, but I, I really admire the women in this space, uh, especially women across Africa who are coming up with funds and second funds and really moving the needle and calling out uh, some of the business as usual approaches that aren't beneficial, uh, bringing up not just women, but also the, the communities in which women are central uh, to um, bringing forth and strengthening. So there are a lot of pioneers and there are a lot of conversations that are being had. And I just, I think more uh, women investors uh, should have platforms to really have these discussions and just really women from diverse backgrounds um, I find are the pioneers. Uh, the true pioneers are 
you know, our mothers who've been doing this for longer periods of time, maybe not using the language impact investing. You think about how, you know, women and communities pull funding together to support other women. And while traditionally we may not use the term impact investing to call it that, but they are the uh, blueprints for which we use and to continue to build upon to drive this work forward. Great. Uh, that is really great. Yeah. And where can people find you uh, online? They can find me at www.liveafricainvest.com. That's liveafricainvest.com. Uh, available uh, online email addresses. Uh, MKM Mabinti Karoma Moore, MKM at liveafricainvest.com. I divide my time between the US and Nairobi, uh, where the team is uh, mostly based and also available on LinkedIn. So happy to connect and have conversations and, you know, develop new synergies. How can we move this forward? How can we do this better? How can we help uh, provide gender parity across multiple sectors? All right. I will mention yeah. all those links in the show notes <laughs> listeners to find it. Fantastic. Thank you, listeners. Uh, and thank you, Vikram, for this opportunity. It's truly a joy. Thank you so much for, for your time. Too. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, please join me again next time for Sustainability Scores.